Welcome to the Holistic Health Podcast, beautiful humans. If a professional, polished, well-edited podcast is what you're after, then move right on. If, however, you love unfiltered banter, unedited bloopers, authentic heart sharing, and a very generous dash of holistic health education, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in, shall we? dropping in an extra little introduction before we do the introduction to today's episode to let you know that we have a super, super exciting announcement for you guys at the end of this episode. So please make sure you do listen right to the end so you don't miss out on hearing all of the exciting things that Amy and I have to share. That's all from me for the moment. I will let us jump straight into today's episode. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Holistic Health Podcast. Morning, my friend, how are you? Good morning. I'm extra fizzy today, so I hope I don't speak so quickly. I sound like a chipmunk. (laughs) (laughs) extra fizzy do you remember did you ever have um those fizzy things I don't even remember you just like dip them in sherbet and then they'd like fizz in your mouth like sour snap crackle pop things oh yes I love those yes 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 oh my gosh I used to live off lollies this is you know do you want to know something I actually for about a probably a good two years I used to have sherbet lollipops for breakfast Natalie I know I did I had if you could imagine the worst possible worst possible (laughs) diet for a child (laughs) I had it I just just could have whatever I wanted it was a bit wild um wow yeah so I was the envy of every school kid in the in the um in the yard with like roll-ups for recess every lunch if I wanted it whereas everyone else was like my mum won't let me have that and I'm like mate come to my house (laughs) oh how far you've come oh so very far I don't think I've seen a lolly in like over a decade or so but anyway good times that is not the topic of today friends the topic of today is Ian and we wanted to chat about this because I'm sure everyone knows someone if it's not you yourself that has been told that you're iron deficient at some point or wondered if you are or have heard some of the symptoms and thought Mm. maybe I should just pop an iron pill which you absolutely should not unless you are truly iron deficient which is a story for later in the chat Mm. so today we really wanted to chat to you about iron, low iron in particular, and getting it tested, the signs and the symptoms of potentially having low iron. And then we will also be following up with a part two later down the track to speak to supplementing with iron and some of the mistakes and misconceptions that are out there. So before we dive into testing for iron, Amy, I would love for you to share some of the more, um, I guess, outside of blood tests, some of the other signs and symptoms that someone might actually have low iron? Mm. So iron is an important part of hemoglobin, which carries oxygen around your body to all of your various organs and tissues, which of course is vital for literally everything to work. (laughs) 
Mm. Um, so low iron and therefore suboptimal oxygen delivery can actually cause all kinds of problems in the body. But usually there are symptoms that are more obvious first and they are tiredness. So as we're producing energy as human beings, oxygen is an important part of that process. And so if oxygen delivery is compromised in any way, our energy production gets compromised also. So it's not like a Oh, it's sort of, there's lots of different, I guess, types of fatigue. And I suppose anemia, it also depends on how anemic you are, but low grade anemia can be, I just feel like I need another coffee. Like mm. if I just had another coffee, I'd feel normal. It's like, <laughs> you know, you, you're, you're functioning, but like, you just, you don't feel good. You don't feel like you're overflowing with energy. And then all the way through to if you're super anemic, like some people can have trouble even getting out of bed or doing basic functions. It's usually picked up by then, but if there's been like a significant drop in a short amount of time, sometimes no. So tiredness is number one. Now, obviously there's a million other reasons why you might be tired. So if you are tired, it may not necessarily be iron, but if you go to your doctor or your practitioner and say, I'm tired, usually an iron test will be one of the things they'll look at. Now, because of the lower oxygenation and blood delivery, pale skin is also quite common. Usually people have, it's called a pallor. It's like they just look a bit whiter than normal. And if you don't have a practitioner you see regularly, they may not pick it up because they don't know what your natural, vibrant, oxygenated color looks like. But you know, a friend or a family member might say, oh, are you all right? You look a bit pale. And then you can certainly see it around the gums, like in the mucous membranes, you know, a naturopath will commonly sort of have a look like inside your eye um, socket and at the the lining there, or maybe your tongue or your mouth, um, maybe even like the color of your, your nail beds as well um, can be a bit of a hint. Um, and because of the lack of oxygen, there are other symptoms you can get too. So you can feel a bit short of breath and it feels a little bit like if you've ever been unfit or maybe you've tried to push your fitness to the next level and you, you know, overdo it a bit and you feel a bit dizzy and you feel a bit like puffed, obviously you're not sort of puffing, breathing in and out, but you feel puffed. You feel like, oh, not getting quite enough oxygen because I'm using more than is moving around. But in this case, it's like you feel a bit short of breath, even either at rest sometimes if it's bad or just doing menial tasks. Like maybe you're putting away the grocery shopping or maybe you've hung out the laundry and you're like, oh, I just feel a bit short of breath. And I feel a bit dizzy is like normally like another accompanying symptom there because there's not quite enough oxygen going to your brain. Um Poor circulation, of course, of oxygen will also sometimes manifest as cold hands and feet. And even sometimes just someone who's maybe a bit chillier than normal, like just feeling a bit colder than normal or their hands and feet, you know, either they're struggling to warm them up or, you know, other people are going, oh, your hands are super cold, like if they don't necessarily notice. Now, with energy, and oxygen, your brain uses 25% of all the energy you make in your body and needs a lot of oxygen. It's like the organ that gets damaged the quickest when, um, you know, oxygen 
flow gets interrupted, like in the case of drowning or suffocation. So you will like also likely have a bit of a low grade headache as well. That's kind of constant and may or may not improve with taking Panadol or a Nurofen or something else. It's like I've just got this like constant kind of dull ache in my head. Um, and that's because your brain isn't getting enough air. And also the heart as well needs um, a lot of oxygen to function. It's obviously a muscle that just has to keep working 24-7 or you die. So it's not the same as like your quads and your biceps that are only burning high amounts of fuel when you're working them, the heart has to keep going or you stop. And so heart palpitations and sometimes even chest pain can be a sign of low iron or anemia because the reduced delivery of oxygen to the muscle is causing the muscle strife. Now there are other some, you know, there are other symptoms, but they're more rare. And I, you know, I'm trying to be concise here today. So I'm going to leave it at that. Unless Nat, you think there's anything really important to share that I've missed? No, like the only one that I'd say is another is another hint is like dark circles under your eyes. True, yes. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, you know, listening to all of these that can be attributed to so many other things and you're really looking often for a collection of things that are happening that um, sometimes can creep up on you um, and then sometimes can be more sudden but I'd say in my experience more so creep up on you as iron tends to dip but if you start to notice some of them then going and getting a proper iron test is the ideal thing to do for sure. Mm. Okay. Well, let's tell, walk us through that. What is the proper iron test? The iron test. Okay, friends, welcome to the iron test. So I feel this is really important to know that when you are actually doing, getting your iron tested, it's really important that you're getting what we call iron studies done. Or Mm. sometimes in Australia, if you're looking at your little blood test form, it'll say FE studies. Mm. And what uh, what yeah. iron studies includes is transferrin, ferritin, transferrin saturation, um, and it'll say iron as well, which is like serum iron. And sometimes it'll have um, total iron binding capacity. But what I'm actually going to just quickly explain is in as simple terms as possible, what each of those main markers mean. So for starters, um, your transferrin is basically like the taxi that carries iron around your body. And it's a reflection of how hungry your body is for iron. So it tends to go up when your body is wanting more iron. And there are variations on this, which we'll talk about soon. Transfer and saturation is basically like the number of um, iron passengers that are in that taxi being carried around your body for delivery to the tissues. Mm-hmm. And then your ferritin is how much iron is in store. Um, So kind of think of it as, you know, at the depot awaiting um, taxis kind of thing. So what I would say with this is most of the time, or sorry, I should also add that iron, like just plain iron, when you look at your blood tests like that, is just what's floating around your serum. And honestly, I never even look at that. I don't think it's a very helpful marker in the grand scheme of things. And then total iron binding capacity is a is a bit of like a different way of um of representing 
the transferrin and transferrin saturation. So let's just like leave that one for the side for simplicity's sake for the moment. Mm. And basically these markers are telling us a story. So there's no one single marker there that we look at and should be like, yes, this means you are low or high. That tends to be what's done from a conventional medical perspective. Most of the time, they're just looking at ferritin, your iron stores and saying, yes, that's high or yes, that's low. Mm. But the reality is you can, like various people will um, have different amounts of ferritin or iron stores that are optimal for them in the context of how the story is being told. Mm. So there are a few other things that are really important that you need to remember to do when you are going to get your iron studies done to ensure that those results are as accurate as possible. And I say this like regardless of what someone says at the pathology lab or often what the doctor will say, it's, you know, do them fasted. Okay, so fasted meaning um, for iron, actually the best fasting window is between five and 12 hours Mm. and rested. So rested, um, you know, not going to the gym before you go to the pathology lab and also ideally not doing any strenuous exercise 48 hours prior to the test and also asking your doctor to order what's called a high sensitivity CRP alongside it. Now, the reason we're resting and we're also asking for a high sensitivity CRP alongside it is first and foremost, the resting part is to ensure that we're not doing strenuous exercise, which then creates, you know, a transient inflammatory state to an extent in our body, which can then change the way iron is behaving in our body. The Mm. CRP or the high sensitivity CRP is giving us a bit of, as your practitioner, giving us a marker to say, is this person in an acutely inflamed state, which would alter how we interpret those results? Mm. We also, as your practitioner, are also thinking about, are you inflamed generally? And there might be some other different markers that we look at um, within that context as well. But if you are going to do it of your own accord or just through your doctor, then at the very least, making sure that you're getting, uh, you're preparing for the test properly, you're asking for a high sensitivity CRP, and you're also um, ensuring that you you have iron studies done, not just ferritin. And most of the tra- time in Australia, iron studies are done and it's not just a ferritin, mm. but occasionally that's not the case. And also I've definitely seen some of my New Zealand, UK and US-based um, tests come back with only ferritin done. So just mm. super important that we're getting the whole picture taken mm. um, into account. The other little thing I want to mention here is that if you're pregnant, um, then it's a good idea, and it's also a good idea anyway, but even more so when you're pregnant, to have a full blood count done alongside it because this tells us a little bit more about why iron may be behaving the way it is in your body mm-hmm. because there's um, more blood cell, red blood cell um, production when you are pregnant. There's changes to the volume of your, your blood volume, which is going to change the way that we interpret things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that the final important thing to note when we're talking about testing iron mm-hmm. is that certain people and circumstances um, where what we think or communicate is optimal or normal may actually need a little bit more wiggle room. 
Mm. So some of these conditions you might actually have heard of or you might have yourself and others you might not have heard of or you may have but you're unaware of at this point in time. And I know that I've certainly been the first to find out some of these conditions in my clients despite them getting blood tests for many years. Mm. So just keep that in mind as well. So some examples of conditions, um, they would be are things like hereditary hemochromatosis mutations. So what that means is a genetic predisposition to actually in accumulating more iron. Um, and also thalassemias, which are vary in the type and severity, but it's basically when the body doesn't make enough hemoglobin, which is what Amy was talking about before, is the um, the molecule that carries oxygen around your body. And um, also there are some people who have genetic variations in transferrin. So remember before I said transferrin was the taxi that carries iron around the body. There are definitely variations on how much taxi production or how much, how many taxis we have available. And I don't necessarily test for those variations. What I can tell though is you can pretty much figure it out if you're looking at your iron studies results over a period of time. And most people have had iron studies done at least a few times in their life. And if you've got access to those results, they're certainly helpful for a practitioner to have a look at because if you tend to have varying ferritin stores, iron stores going up and down, but your transferrin isn't changing at all, you may be someone who actually has some genetic um, variations or what we call SNPs in those in that marker and it's probably a bit beyond what you need to know in this episode but if that's you then your practitioner hopefully if they know how to interpret iron studies properly will be taking that into account as well Mm. so that's a lot to digest and the main takeaways from just understanding iron studies or I guess getting tested properly is from your end as a patient or or a client preparing yourself properly and advocating for um, asking for iron studies instead of just ferritin is really important. And then working with someone who actually knows how to interpret that properly is key. Mm. Speaking of proper interpretation, Mm. there are lots of different types of iron patterns that we kind of think of, and they can all give us different hints as to the drivers of the imbalance um, that then we might further look at other markers to confirm or deny that that's actually happening in someone's body. Mm. Can you expand a little bit on that and maybe just provide a couple of examples to to kind of make the point for people? Yes. So I'm just loving that we're having a talk, talk about this because like you think iron is such a simple thing. Mm. I think as a lay person, you're like, is my iron low or is it good? And that's kind of the long and the short of it. And it's actually so much more multifaceted than I think anyone could really appreciate. So when we're looking at patterns, we're identifying, I mean, ultimately you're looking at what each of these aspects does in the body, like what kind of role it plays. And you explained those earlier markers really well in that, you know, these are the transporting proteins. And if you don't have enough, it means this. And if you have, you know, higher levels, it means that. And so when I'm looking at someone's overall picture, like for example, someone with low serum iron and low 
um, transfer and saturation, but high total iron binding capacity, they could actually have chronic iron deficiency. But this is also a pattern we see in the third trimester of pregnancy for the reasons that Nat mentioned already. So, you know, it's obviously helpful to know if someone's pregnant or not to sort of determine that. Um, another pattern that can be seen is low um, serum iron, low TIB-C, and either normal or elevated transferrin saturation percentages. Now, this one can be protein malnutrition. So sometimes it can be, we might see it in someone who's vegan or someone who's not vegan, but just isn't getting anywhere near enough protein that they need to based on their body's needs. But we also see it with kidney issues like nephrotic syndrome and also liver cirrhosis. So again, I think one of we may have mentioned this already, but in case we haven't, the number one thing with iron is you've always got to figure out why the results are out of whack. Like what is the root cause? And we're not going into that today, but you've always got to say, why is this happening in the body? And one last example is, you know, if you've got high iron and high saturation patterns, but low TIB-C, it can be, this is actually a temporary state that can be induced from iron overload. If you've just had an iron transfusion, we'll see that pattern arise temporarily, but it's not something necessarily to act on if we know you've just had an iron transfusion. But it also looks like this when someone has hemochromatosis. And, you know, as Nat said, like sometimes we are treating patients who don't know they have that yet. And like, we might be the first one who's spotted this happening. And then that exploration unfolds. We also see that pattern with lead poisoning and a deficiency in folate B12 or B6, because those nutrients are required for red blood cell formation. And so it doesn't actually have anything to do with iron at all. And it actually is a result of a deficiency in other nutrients that are cofactors in, you know, hemoglobin, red blood cell production, and therefore iron and oxygen transport. So yes, getting just serum iron tested doesn't tell you a damn thing. <laughs> and looking at those other aspects are arguably more important. And ultimately, overall, you want to look at the whole thing, especially over time. Sometimes, like with anything, a single snapshot doesn't tell the whole story. But if you start to see a pattern over time, those details are getting revealed as you mm. continue to monitor the situation, um, which is why you should really let a clinician take care of that for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Wholeheartedly agree. I think, yeah, something simple can actually be a little bit more complex, mm. but complex to you as a patient doesn't mean that it's complex to us as a practitioner. So it's mm. actually, we can figure it out. We mm. just need to make sure that we've got all of the information and um, that way it's, you know, the solution can be really simple. It's just the assessment has to be accurate in order for this for the solution to be simple and also effective so mm -hmm. we will definitely be creating a part two of this episode to talk you through as I said at the beginning a little bit more about supplementing with iron the forms the dosing the timing should you shouldn't you iron infusions all of those things because it is such an important conversation there are 
a lot of people who do have iron deficiency, but there are also a lot of people who are taking iron supplements when they shouldn't be. Mm. And it, it's not a harmless thing to do. So right. mm. yeah, we'll definitely be talking more about that in another episode. Mm. But now though, we have something so, oh, so exciting to share with you. We have been having dinner chats, you know, boxer conversations, mm. dog walks filled with inspiring ideas to share with you guys, Amy. Tell the people, tell the people, Amy. I don't know if I'm going to be able to like do this without wetting my pants with excitement or squealing like a little girl. So this is something that's really bubbled up very organically. And, you know, we're six months, actually, no, we're not. We're like eight, almost nine months into the podcast with me being, you know, Nat's wing woman. Happy anniversary, darling. We should do something for our one year. Oh, what if we, what if we, oh my God, no, I'm having another idea. I'm shocking like this. I'm just going to say it though. What if we had like a little online retreat with like the listeners that love us the most? Let's do that. In the- Amazing. There'll be, uh, my mum will show up maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe my mum too. My husband will and my dog. It'll be just five of us. <laughs> vibe. I love it. Okay. Anyway, sorry, that was really distracting, just like my brain likes to be. So here's the thing. As I'm sure you now are aware, if you've even listened to just a few episodes, Nat and I have an awful lot in our brains to share to help you take your health to the next level. And we know that it's very likely that you're actually healthy of course you're healthy. You care about your health. You do. You want to do all the right things and you listen to us because you want to learn as much as you possibly can about living your best life. Now, there's a gap between us chatting to you on the podcast and then coming to see us as a client. And really to come and see us as a client, you kind of have to have a problem, right? You've got to be like, here, I've got something wrong. I need your help with it. And there are so many people in the middle who are not sick or don't have a health problem that need an appointment with us, but want to learn more stuff. So, and also we've also realized how cool our listeners are. Yes, we love you. Lovely DMs, lovely chats. And my God, you're so beautiful. And we actually just selfishly want to hang out with you more. So it's with like as little squealing as possible. We let you know, we're actually launching a membership the health, health, the holistic health collective. And you don't have to be a big podcast fan to join us, but you probably are <laughs> because you <hear laughs> we won't measure it. Though. Not testing you. Yeah. And it's like, it's just another way you can come and hang out with us and learn from us. And we have got so many cool ideas. And also, we're going to be welcoming your ideas too. Here's what we've got planned already. We are starting in September. It's going live. Uh, Perhaps by the time this episode comes out, we may actually be in early September. Um, And we are going to have monthly hangs where you can come on and join us in a a Zoom chat and pick our brains on anything health-related. We are also going to show up and give you some extra special content around whatever the theme of of the month is around health. So we're going to teach you stuff that we don't teach on the podcast. 
And we're going to run monthly health challenges to help you up-level your health. And we have got some really cool stuff planned for September. Do we do we want to share any more or is that all we're going to say right now? Oh, I feel like I feel like that's enough. Okay. And we will right. give you some more information to um, have a look at. Or if you just want to know any more, send us a DM. But, mm-hmm. you know, I guess to elaborate on one other point, the little mini health challenges that we'll be putting in there. I mean, I know that this happens for me. I'll be like absolutely nailing one area of my health and then something else will kind of take to like, it'll take a back seat. And I don't need a whole month of focusing on it to kind of just get my butt into gear. Mm. But it's nice to be able to have like a friend or two to just be like, okay, let's just get organized with better sleep. Let's get organized Mm. with some new, like easy, quick lunch ideas. Let's nail Mm. our breakfast. Let's Mm. try and have some more veggies. Let's focus on decreasing our exposure to EMF for a week or just Mm. kickstart some healthy habits that might have just taken a little bit of a bench seat for a month or or more. Mm -hmm. And it's really about coming together and having a group of like-minded people to be able to keep the momentum with healthy habits going, Mm. to have your questions answered because let's be honest, there is so much information out there. And Mm. rather than you guys Googling, scrolling for ages, trying to figure out the answer, coming into like 5 billion different answers that all say opposite things, Mm. we want to be your Dr. Google. We want (laughs) to have a place for you guys to come and ask us questions, pick our brain, get Mm. support, feel like you're going through this journey alongside like-minded friends Mm. and break down the barrier between it feeling like you are separate to us. I know you listen to us, if you're listening, hopefully you've been listening for a while, but you know, you listen to us and there's part of you that probably feels a little bit like you know us, but we want to get to know you more and we want to be on this journey with you, holding your hand and create a space, as Amy said, where there isn't a gap between you know, you don't have to be sick to be able to come and ask us questions and to Mm. sit and chat with us. So we will have all the information in the show notes. We'll also be sharing it on our social media. And if for any reason you can't find it, please Mm. send one of us a DM and we will hook a sister up. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I can't wait. It's going to be such a good time and I'm really fighting to let any more details out at this point in time. We're actually going to hop off this call and have a meeting about it. So we will share more soon. But if you want in the club, we are, we're so opening the doors to you and we can't wait to meet you on the inside. So exciting. And on that note, we are going to wrap up this episode and we will see you all next week. Bye for now.